I ask myself, what's the difference between surviving and thriving? But maybe what I'm pondering is, how many days am I surviving? Hello and welcome, welcome to the Earthsea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, Cherie Mack. The Earthsea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories, our conversations, interviews, photography, writing, and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories, and memories, which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. Welcome. To the Earth Sea Love Podcast. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is a space for women, feminine, and non binary people who are black, indigenous, people of colour to explore their relationship with nature. Thank you. It is I. Dr. Shireen Mack, your host for the Earthsea Love Podcast. And if you can't make it out already, I am walking. Walking through Northumberland Park, which is the North Tyneside, after dropping off the car for an MOT. And I'm walking home. And I think this might be the second intro that I've tried to create for this episode. And that's nothing against the episode, I may add. It's just like sometimes, or is it all the time, I find it difficult to chat about the up and coming episode that this is or introduce it. Because in a way... makes me feel like I'm trying to sell it to you you know and um, I'm persuading you to listen to this episode and I don't know that just feels a bit icky for me I've never been a good seller because <laughs> I always find it's false because you know I'm just doing this to get to that you know that um, sale or, or win money or commodity and um, 
it just doesn't sit well with my soul in a sense um so i'm gonna have to like rethink why i'm doing these intros or what the intros are supposed to be like usually because i maybe i could look at it as like hey i'm just here to tell you or to give you a little bit of a taste of what's coming up and it's so much goodness <laughs> but even then when i say that i put on like a like a persuasive presenter voice as if that's going to persuade you even more hey you've pressed play already so you already want to hear the episode so why why do you feel why do i feel the need lay on a little bit more thicker get you all excited to be listening anyhow walking home last bit of blossoms on the trees and um yeah it's a while since i've been in this park even though it's on my doorstep but i've been i've been away a bit of a retreat down south dog and house sitting and then coming back and then being a bit tired coming off coming off the high you have a bit of low and i'm really grateful to be able to have that time and space to allow myself that rest that um space to feel all the feels man got some blue skies but there's some clouds there tinging white but the majority are gray are you telling me that there's some rain why mention clouds because Anatalia Velez who is the guest on this this month's episode um talks about her connection with nature and how it might have started through observing those clouds above and how those different shapes sizes colors of the clouds could be used as a metaphor for her state of being whenever she or whatever state that she found herself in so I just love, love that. And yeah, so writer, actor, um, creative alchemist, Natalia Velez. And <laughs> believe me when I say, it does give me great pleasure to um, present this conversation to you. It's not like you're doubting me or I've got to prove myself to to you and I think that's where that intro comes into it and try and persuade you but believe me when I tell you that these conversations that I have are food to my soul I have these conversations for selfish reasons really it's like I might know the people I might have worked with the people be in community with them and it's like, oh my gosh, I just love that beautiful light that you're shining out to the world from your soul. And I want to get to know that light, that beauty, a little bit more, a little bit deeper. So that's why these conversations come into being. They're there to scratch an itch I might have within a certain, a certain theme or topic. So, it does bring me great joy and pleasure to share these conversations with you. And in this conversation, I mean, Anatalia's young, but she has 
she comes to this world with so much wisdom and we talk about nature obviously but what she says and reminds me of is like trees are our ancestors and that's something I forget and I repeat that trees are our ancestors because that's something else we touch upon the idea of repetition oh hello Mr Robin repetition and how we might repeat something but when we're repeating it we're moving towards something new and Faluke Taylor there thought that bit around repetition but then you know repetition feeds into remembering and that's what this conversation is for me a reminder that trees are our ancestors our ancestors and our family we have to remember them and that might mean going back to the roots or the roots and who has the roots trees has the roots and i just like that love that cycle that cyclical spiraling circling back and around and um so yeah so anatalia as i says a writer and we talk about um her collection that came out during 2020 the most spectacular mistake and um we're lucky enough again <laughs> you say this oh my gosh you are so lucky that you are happened upon this because this is happening now. again persuasion sale talk but when i say it i mean it lucky that she actually um and i tell you reads one of her poems from the collection document it and um this episode starts off with a couple of lines from that poem um then we have the whole poem in the middle somewhere and then at the end stick a bit in and maybe it's a repetitive repetition same lines from the beginning and maybe a little bit more maybe a little bit something you added in there because i'm so leaning in to the power of repetition on a personal basis i'm not even thinking about the work or the message I'm trying to put out there but how repeating ourselves isn't a bad thing because through the process we are growing we are learning something new we are becoming I just I just love that I just love that anyway and I just like to say I am proud of the Sealer podcast because we are showing up we made that commitment at the beginning of 2023 to release at least one episode per month and so far four months in we have accomplished that with this one which is dropping just at the end of april so yay i'm all for celebrating those small wins those small achievements because i say they all add up into something bigger and beautiful and whole Ooh, there's a blackbird so um yeah so halfway home probably by now but um i did do a few hills there that's why there was some puffing and panting honestly but yeah so maybe you're walking along listening to this podcast or maybe you're at home sitting nice and cozy enjoying it or doing other things 
multitasking while listening. Whatever floats your boat, I'm just happy that you're here. So thank you once again for joining us on the Sea Love Podcast. Until next time, take care. Bye for now. forgive me earth sea love is coming out of hibernation so i might be a bit rusty you know but let's just chill and relax how are you anyway that's what <laughs> i to ask how are you how you been keeping good you know i think there's a lot to be grateful for in 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 everything you know all the little hiccups and life things there's a lot to be grateful for so yeah i'm, I'm holding on to that Yeah, I am with you on that score. I actually have a gratitude journal practice, which I do every every evening. Or if I miss it, then it's the next morning. But I have to touch it every day in that sense. Um, It's a good reminder that there is a lot to be grateful for. Definitely, definitely. And um, I was trying to work out when we met and... It was it was with the winter tangerine, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I was just telling my sister about it. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I want to say 2019, like May 2019. Some kind of singing and some dove was in there, wasn't there? <laughs> oh, wow. And that's a long time now. But I'm so pleased that I've met you. Welcome. Welcome, Anatalia. As I start each and every conversation, I like to know where you are calling in from, where you're situated in the world, and if you can see any nature around you at this time, or your season even, if you don't mind sharing that so we can situate you. Yeah, so I am in um, unceded Ahashman land um, that's in the coast of California, the southern coast of California. Uh, it is surprisingly very stormy. It's cold, which is of a season, but it's been raining on and off a lot. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love to admire the clouds when it's clear enough to. I think there is something so special there's something so special about watching the clouds and noticing how there can be both really heavy clouds and really light, fluffy, you know, traveler clouds that are nice and some that are less inviting. I I can see that like as a good metaphor for my life right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there's some heavy stuff happening, but there's also some sun and there's also some things to look forward to. So I, I feel like I'm really matching the energy of the season here. Oh, I love that. I love that. And also with clouds, they are moving. I'm not sure slowly or fast, but there is change. You know, we know that change will eventually come. And to be in that state of accepting whatever comes is a really good place to be in, I think. Again, coming back to that gratitude, but again, also, I don't know, it means that you're present, I think. Yes. Yeah. 
So thank you for that. So California, all righty. Thank you for sharing your first publication, The Most Spectacular Mistake. But so that would mean, okay, you're a writer, but you're also an actor and also um, using creativity to create community. And also, I'm also thinking to find your voice and also to heal the self. So first, you know, let's let's talk about how would you describe yourself? What do you do? Or who do you be? I like to ask as well. Yeah, I love that. I well, I guess the little tagline is like a writer, writer, actor, creative alchemist. Mm-hmm. Um, and creative alchemist has felt more and more resonant for me just in the last couple of years of how something will come up and I'm like ah but I can make art out of this (laughs) like there's always like a silver lining obviously some art that you make is too personal and you don't want to share that but that's like essentially what an artist does right like takes whatever's happening in the world and and tries to make some sense of it and I think I do a lot of that in the performing arts, mm-hmm. um, which is there is like a pressure, right? Like then like perform or produce something and put it out there for other people to um, to digest, consume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I'm starting to find more boundaries in my creative work of like what's for me and what's for others and how things that I create just for myself nourish things that, you know, I'm like, just like be patient with me be patient with me. People don't realize how long it takes to, um, to produce something, to produce, to, to write a play. You know, recently I, I wrote and helped produce my own play for the first time through my MFA program. And it was really exciting. And people are like, what's next? What's next? And I'm like, I'm just, hold on. I'm just, I'm just recovering from all of that, you know? So I'm still learning. I'm still learning who I am and how, how I choose to show up in the world um but I I I think of boundaries with like how much and where and how I give to others like I'm I'm a very giving person Mm -hmm. but I don't want that to be like my personality trait Mm -hmm. you know I don't want that to be the assumption that I'm just here to give Mm -hmm. and I would also like to learn to receive um that's where life is taking me right now Oh my gosh, so much richness there. Who I am and how I choose to show up in the world. I think that's that's what I'm going to pick up on there for, for now. The most spectacular mistake, 2020, it was Flower Song Press. And in there, you've got a dedication to all survivors of violence. May we reclaim our power and our narrative. Yeah. So yeah. this is a book that, and, and I've read somewhere that you're the first generation Latina in the USA and the first one in your family to bring out a book. I'm, I'm sure I've read that somewhere. So I want to know what is your story then? How did you find your way into what you're doing now? Yeah. So it actually connects brilliantly with nature. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I think that that's where it kind of stemmed from. I, ever since I was very little, I always admired nature. I was like, this is more fascinating than anything that I'm going to see on television. Mm. <laughs> and I grew up, you know, like I grew up like 
of that generation, you know, like television is the babysitter. Like I, I grew up in the nineties and there was just always something to watch and something to um, give your attention to. But I love, like I was saying, clouds. I love just like staring at things and meditating. I, I didn't realize it was a form of meditation until like my parents started arguing and things got really, really uh, tumultuous in their relationship. And I got to see a lot of that um, unravel. And it was very hurtful, obviously. It was like the first heartbreak. Um, and having to witness all of that and being very empathetic mm. um, affected me a lot. Mm. And as a child, you don't really know how to decipher what you've done and what other people's thing is. So it become it became very, very like, I don't know, just like personal and, and very dense and heavy. And I couldn't help not being emotional. Like even when people would tell me like, don't cry or, you know, like calm down. It just, it didn't help other people's words. And so as a way of like reaching out, my, my mom would say, your best friend are a paper and a pen. Mm -hmm. And so I would write, I would write a lot. And now I look back and I was like, whoa, this kid was really depressed. <laughs> but <laughs> it was really important that I share that, you know, with something, with, with something that wouldn't judge me, that wouldn't talk back to me, that wouldn't minimize how I was feeling as a child. Mm -hmm. And really like, listened and took it in and um accepted me for who I was and where I was in my life and as I got older people were like oh you should you know write more you should share this and I think when I was when I became ready it was through a um a teen program um when I was 17 that I published my my first poem with them and it took a while but I think that that was like something that a friends of mine really wanted was like I think a collection of your work would be really special that's where yeah that's how this we come to this book this is documented the art thing the ripped books of anti-immigrant narratives thing the resistance thing the building something from crumbs thing, the talk back thing, the generational trauma, the display of places gone thing, folded in eight by 11 thing, the coming home thing, the homies who submit thing, the not only white men can be in galleries thing, the scoot over so my mom can see me in the back row thing. I ask myself, what's the difference between surviving and thriving? But maybe, what I'm pondering is, how many days am I surviving? I answer before the thought escapes my mouth. Seven days a week. Yes, thank you. I think what you mentioned about alchemist, the creative alchemist, and how the creative process uh, might be reveal to those that are close to you but those people who are demanding more if we think um you know you've had your end results and they want more just don't I don't think understand that creative process 
the time and effort that goes into creating something that is ready to go out into the world. Mm -hmm. And then there's a two pronged thing here. It's like one, this came out during the pandemic. How was that? Did you have to get creative in a sense on how this reached the world? Because you couldn't have anything physical, you know, to celebrate this marking, this the this achievement. You know, I had a lot of guilt come up and mm. a lot of feelings of like guilt and like, who am I to be celebrating something? There's so much going on, you know, like it mm. we, in the US, we were really, really impacted by this you know, and we, it was really scary. We didn't know what was happening. There was not a lot of information shared um, of like reliable information about what was happening. (laughs) When my publisher was like, this book, it's coming out. And it felt very much, I make this analogy a lot about like having children and I've I've never had children, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but this is as close as like, as that experience to me so it's like it's coming out it's happening right now <laughs> like you can't you can't take it back you can't yes. like undo it be like no please stop the publisher you know like it's happening mm-hmm. and so you know my mom and my, my my mom bless her heart she helped me with like helping me with like streaming stuff and she she's trying to figure out social media and stuff and my my sister's helping me with like visuals and we're just we're gathering together and I'm telling friends of mine virtually like can we do like a book launch but make it virtual mm-hmm. and um I think we, we streamed it on Instagram and then we shared a couple of things and it was just just friends of mine online um the person who wrote or who helped me with the illustrations um came through his name is John Jairo Valencia we were um friends since undergrad since mm-hmm. 2020 12 2013 um we've been friends and I really really wanted to collaborate with him on this book and he's also a poet so he read some poems and shared some thoughts and we talked about the process of writing it and everything and it was as intimate and special as it could possibly be you know having it be virtual obviously and then a lot of press like a lot of folks reached out to me because I realized the timing was oddly like perfect mm-hmm. because so many people needed uh, an outlet. Like mm-hmm. they needed something to read, something to give them hope or give them the capacity to like imagine a world where this stuff wasn't in their face and the, 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 the hyper reality of everything. Um, and so I got a lot of people buying the book and pre-ordering the book before the books even got here. So I sold out of that first batch of books that I was given, uh, that I that I that I got from the publisher. So it was like, yeah, it was a lot of first times and learning how to mail things. I didn't <laughs> write my, I didn't sign some of the books, and people are like, "Why didn't you sign your book?" I'm like, "Well, because it's a book. How am I going to write in a book?" And I'm like, "But it's your book." And it's like, "Oh, right." You know, like yeah. all of these things that I was just coming to terms with. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I look at the book, I'm reminded, like, "Oh, yeah, like this is something special and like kind of a time capsule of this." this culmination of of so many experiences and it's not the end right but it is 
a little treasure piece. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a marker. It's a marker on this journey of, mm-hmm. you know, documenting your life, doc, documenting others as well, which I really, really do appreciate. And you've mentioned community. And you've also mentioned listen. And listen is my word of the year. Mm. Um, yeah, it really is. And, you know, it's it's slowly coming to light. What do I mean like this? But I'm, I'm all right with slow. But, you know, it is a case of listening for me more to my inner wisdom. Um, but then also listening to my ancestors because they've always been there. But I don't think I've been paying attention. Now, mm-hmm. this links in with a number of things with the, with your collection, because you've got it sections, root, core, heart, head. So you've divided it up into these different sections. But then at the end, in a community calling, you have all of those words together and it's repeated from the roots to the core to the heart to the head from the roots to the core to the heart to the head and I just love one community calling two that it's a repetition three that is is there's a sound quality there I'm forced to listen and something Mm -hmm. that came up just recently and it was for Luke Taylor who says about repetition is not for nothing yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she says it might be the same thing over and over again but there's a subtle difference each time it's the building it's accumulating to get to something new yeah and I love that idea of of repetition in the because in the sense I used to think it was laziness and I thought, oh, I can't repeat it because I've already used that word, you know. But knowing that I'm building something new means that I've been leaning into repetition. So the question here is, in all of that, listening, community, repetition and the ancestors. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I feel this is a rich area within your work that I think that you're drawing upon, that you're doing a call and response to, that you're bringing in. So I'm interested in how do you feel your ancestors are within this work, informing this work and how maybe, you know, you're drawing upon the natural world with your ancestors. Does that make sense? Loads of things are pulled in there. Yes. Oh, Cherie, I was... I'm like, yeah, I need a I need a minute because you pulled in so many things. And I, I love that, the repetition and mm-hmm. how everyone is different, even though it's the same thing. That's how we pray, right? Like that's how many cultures pray. And, and that's what we do. Um, whatever we repeat, it's like we we believe, like our words are become are they become thoughts and over time they become beliefs mm-hmm. if we if we say them out loud, if we affirm them enough. Yeah, I think I had to have a lot of faith going back to like my childhood. I had to have a lot of faith because the cars were really looking pretty, pretty somber. And so I had to have a lot of faith that whatever situation I was in um, at home was going to get better and that I was going to be different. And it did, thankfully. And that's why I'm here right now. And I'm here today. And there was also this profound faith and I would look at, 
outside, I would look at nature, I would look at trees, and I would be like, these, like, these trees have wisdom, like, these, pre these trees, these, this wind, they, like, it can teach me something, mm -hmm. and they, they are ancestors, you know, they've been here longer than we have, and I have been very insistent with my parents now that I'm older, like, teach me about them, tell me about them, what languages did they speak, and, you know, we, we become a little bit more open about talking about those things. Um, but I really, really wanted to put a face to the energy that I would feel when it's just like, mm, don't go there. Mm, come come this way or like leave that alone. Leave that person alone. <laughs> you know, all these kind of little subtle things that I, the more that you like you said, like you, when you start paying attention, you're like, oh yeah, there's something here. There's something here to explore. They've always been with me. I feel like, you know, they're the, they, they're the foundation. They're the reason why I, I came into this world. Like I'm the first, really, there's a poem or there's a piece where I say something about being an anchor baby and that's, you know, a derogatory kind of term that was used as like people that come to this country um without papers they have a baby here and that's like their anchor right so that now that we can't they can't easily be deported and I was that anchor baby but at, at the same time I'm reclaiming that as like I'm I became that anchor I became that like you cannot take something from us so easily because we, we come from somewhere. And the more that I get to know my roots, the stronger that I feel if someone dismisses my work or someone doesn't agree with my my methodology or something like that. I'm like, okay, that's not for you. It's helped me navigate so many places where where I don't feel I don't feel as intimidated as I used to be walking into spaces where I quote unquote didn't belong mm -hmm. you know because it's like nature we nature belongs everywhere mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. and we have all these elements in our bodies you know from through the stars and nature we were like made up of water right and what do they say about water like if you speak to it with kind words like the, the it it changes the water like how 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 is it that we're speaking to ourselves when we're made up of so much water, right? We have all the elements within us, and because I think of the elements as and nature as ancestors, and we have the ancestors like living within us, and it's it's such a a powerful message that I repeat this to myself that I'm never alone. You know, even in my loneliest thoughts and everything like that, I always have these resources now. Mm -hmm. Now I have these resources and I can get this book whenever I feel lonely, you know, and remember a lot of these poems were channeled through my ancestors. And so, yes, they are words that were published and they have my name, but I honor them as well. And whenever I feel that disconnection, I can always come back and remember remember why I do the the work that I do and that that this is um this is for the next generations too true totally true yeah so much wisdom there 
And again, saying you can always come back to the work. You can always come back to the answer. Always come back to that root. Um, that is repetition also. And in that remembering, I say, you know, we see circles in nature, but then also there's that spiral um, and that cycle, which we see in nature and which we actually do throughout our lives. So thank you. Thank you for unpacking such a a, a meaty question there so beautifully. Um, Just a few more questions, if you don't mind. I'm not on um, Instagram anymore, but I see that you've got homies who submit is this your creation and and what is homies who submit because I see this as definitely something for the future that you are building upon yeah so I I'll share with you a little bit of um what's been happening with my Instagram I can't log in to my personal Instagram streak so I'm having a little I'm like this is a great thing to bring up with you because I can't log in it's been days and I can't log into my personal Instagram. So I, I was t- teasing my friends and telling them like, I'm having a little bit of a social media. I'm having a little bit of a social media identity crisis. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, who am I on social media? If I can't, if I, if I can't respond to things, you know, people sending me things and who am I now? Like, what do I do? Do I just like, exist in the world and not in the virtual world like it was like really trippy um but I do have access to the homies who submit page and it's was inspired by yes it's inspired by a joke that I made with my friends because shout out to women who submit um a friend of mine um Sochil uh wrote I mean she she has like grants out and stuff like that Mm -hmm. to it's like international now um, to have little cohorts of groups of, of women and non-binary folks to help them through the submission process because that was a big thing. Like a study came out and somebody made a study and was like, oh, well, women are not as likely to submit to things. So that's why they don't get published. That was the excuse that was made. Mm-hmm. And so she took it upon herself with a lot of other women to, um, you know, increase the amount of women that are submitting and resubmitting and, you know, going through that which is a, it's such a process of submission um, agents and all that writing process. And so I told, I was talking to a couple of friends of mine and I was like, that'd be so funny if we had like something that something like homies who submit, that was a lot more like, come on, like you've been writing for like 10 years. Why don't you want to like publish something? No, no, no. Like, you know, kind of be that little bit of a nudge of like, we also belong in there, even though we struggle, you know, sometimes friends of mine, we, we struggle with like the writing process um, or calling ourselves writers. And so it's in one of the poems in the book, um, documented for the homies who submit. And I think mm-hmm. that that's always going to be definitely an evolution um it looks like of collaborating with other folks and maybe putting together a zine or or something in the future Mm -hmm. um featuring featuring folks but yeah we've gotten maybe like five people publish get something published through (laughs) homie susamit and it's march 1st right now so that's pretty cool that is cool. And it shows, though, doesn't it, that it works having that mm-hmm. cohort or community which are giving each other a nudge and and submitting. Yeah, there's something about saying, oh, they're not 
they're not getting published because they're not submitting. And there's something in that. But the the, the, the thing is, is like, if you look and you're not seeing yourself being published there, then the natural, for me, it's naturally thinking like, it's not my place to be submitting to them because I can't see myself there. And so it's that chicken and egg 22, catch 22 sort of thing, isn't it? So to have that freedom and also support to actually submit to wherever, I think that is definitely the way forward and not to put those limitations on ourselves and also to diversify and get more equitable representation in so many different publications. So way to go, way to go. Um, And just like to, we're going to be finishing up soon. So I just want to say, if you want to add anything about future offerings or what's really happening in your life at the moment, because you did mention that you just put out that play. And I want to say, was it something about sirens? Yes, it was about mermaids. It was about um, Latina Chicana mermaids. Uh-huh. So yes, I was just thinking about the future. Have you got things that are coming up or things that you're excited about or what you're working on? Yes, I would love to um, find a new home for that for that play. Um, ho- hopefully I'll be graduating um, grad school in May and then sort of hit the ground running with that with other things um i have a piece coming out in persimmon review um i have several little workshops that are coming up in april um a feature it's going to be the third anniversary i can't believe of, of the most spectacular mistake so i'll be reading in tustin mm-hmm. uh, tustin california for that there might be some other stuff also pop- popping up for April it's um national poetry month here um and yeah I I I would say like follow me on Instagram but I may not I don't know how that how that's gonna pan out but I have a substack I have a substack profile anatalia.substack I believe and it um that is a really great way for people to like see what I'm up to I regularly update that every month or every so often and it's like a little blog post sometimes I'll share a poem in there you know things like that and like it's just a good way for me to because a lot of friends they are checking their emails but they're not on social media so it's a great way you know to bridge that um so hopefully we'll keep that keep that going And if you share me the link, I will put it in the show notes. So it'll go out with this episode. Perfect. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'd just like to say thank you for your time. It was really good to eventually sit down with you um, and talk about this, this amazing piece of work that you managed to get out during a pandemic, but which I connected with from body point of view and to have that interconnection with nature. I think that was really strong for me while reading this collection. So thank you for that. I ask myself, what's the difference between surviving and thriving? But maybe what I'm pondering is how many days am I surviving? I answer before the thought escapes my mouth, seven days a week. Thank you. Thank you, Sheree.